This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. <laughs> home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, good evening. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, 706. Oil Kings in action, down 3-2 now to the Brandon Wheat Kings, six minutes into the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. 3-2, Devils leading the Leafs, seven minutes left in the second period. Penguins now up two-zip on the Capitals, five minutes to go in the second period. Still to come, Bruins and Avalanche, Islanders and Ducks, Yager and the Flames taking on the Kings. Everybody in the Pacific Division chasing the Vegas Golden Knights. I was uh, I met up with a friend after work uh, yesterday for a snack and a beverage, and uh, she said, "What does VGK stand for?" She goes, "I know Vegas has a team." And I said, "Yeah, they're the Golden Knights." And she said, "Why are they golden?" I said, "Well, the owner went to Army, which is their their sports teams are the Black Knights." And I think the NHL said, well, well, let's not use the exact team name as we bring in Kevin Carrius. So he went with Golden Knights, which uh, I don't know. I kind of don't mind it. Um, I think one of the other reasons was um, Black Knights, uh, there was a big copyright problem with that. Someone had listed that off on all um, websites and uh, everything else, and they couldn't, the domains and everything, so they went golden instead of black. I don't mind the lo- the logo and the uniforms. I think the it's kind of, it's uniforms kind of look great. Yeah, I mean, uniforms we had the Atlanta really Trashers with a yeah. little miniature Bird or chicken whatever on that the was, front. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's think it's, what we've had. We've had the mighty ducks. <laughs> All right. I've I've wait, I told I don't know if I've ever told, I've said it on air. I don't know if ever I've said it when you were here. I can remember going back to a kid, my dad saying penguins, just a stupid name. Now when I was a kid, the penguins were terrible until they got Lemieux too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> but my dad was like, why are they a penguin? But look at how much their logo has evolved. And, and then they about, kind of went back to the old Yeah, yeah. but, well, everyone does the retro th- thing, but yeah. look at how the Ducks logo has evolved. Coyotes. Look how bad that thing was at the Ducks start. is a weird team name when you think about it. Well, because they they didn't want to do Mighty Ducks, was, yeah. right? It was, you know. Remember Phil Esposito when they came in? Phil Esposito. What did he say? Well, because when they were granted, you know, uh, expansion team, etc., he just went, well, they're not going to be the Mighty Ducks. And then they were. <laughs> then they were. And, and uh, remember, they were technically the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Anaheim was right. the official yep. registered name. That's Everybody right. called them Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. But just like Red Blacks is all capital letters. Red Blacks! <laughs> so uh, you bring up the uh, the copyright thing. It's, it's interesting. So... Some some people probably won't remember this now. We got a younger genera if we get a younger generation listening, the Baltimore Colts right. in the CFL couldn't be the Colts, 
So they were, weren't they just the Baltimore CFL club for one year? For one year, year, and then they went into the Stallions. Which I thought they had a good logo, and Stallions oh, was a good Oh, that team was name. very great. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was kind of half, it was a little bit of the Denver Broncos in there, you know, like that horse kind of head. That was a really good logo. They had good jerseys, good team, well, obviously. So they, they handled all, it well, despite the yeah. fact they couldn't use coal. Obviously, they, you know, they had a great team once the, all the other CFL teams figured out that they didn't have to use the import rule because of yeah. labor laws. Yeah, that was a huge advantage. What was it? Because they had such a good O, o and, and D line. Had, I mean, the, the mostly, receivers and running backs are oh, mostly American yeah, but and they, the Canadian teams anyway. When you, when you take out 13, 15 Canadians yeah. and, and plug in whatever you want, that's why they won the league. There's no question about it. The other thing I remember, Kevin, and this, this is why I love, Kevin and I don't plan anything usually. No, so come in. And so <laughs> sometimes we're looking up, for, but it's good because we're getting our honest memories yeah. on the fly. So the internet started being a thing, what, mid to late 90s when you actually bought a computer that could connect. I think I think it was probably 97 or 98. I actually got a computer where I could dial up and s- some teams would have a website, some teams didn't, you know. You're right. And I remember what, there was some story that some average Joe all the domains yankees.com and nyyankees.com so if and now i think now that's illegal you can't cyber squat and if you're not involved with that organization but i think the yankees finally bought the domain name i I think but that's what happened though with all the nhl teams uh some guy took all like oilers dot whatever flames and went on and on and on and that's why what is the Oilers? it's nhl oilers like it's just some oilers dot nhl dot some little variation right but if you type in edmonton oilers dot com it redirects you to Oilers. right but it's just some little variation but you know what's interesting too i think we're fine telling the story from our business because our companies have always been close but i mean there Mm -hmm. was actually the ownership structuring about a year and a half ago so now 630ched.com doesn't it take you to global news it takes you right to the global slash, website so it's yeah. still yeah built like 630ched but the, it now kind of redirects you which i mean the average person probably wouldn't notice and it's still you're still getting the same product whether you want to look for global or ched right you, you're getting just, more information that whole cyber world yes. is how it, it's set up that that, that that is pretty interesting but uh, when didn't the professional, not professional, the potato growers of America have PGA.com? <laughs> Maybe that was an urban myth. Wow. But he'd be like, hey, let's see who's winning the tournament this week. <laughs> what? <laughs> Potatoes? <laughs> well, just like WWF, I guess. That was fine. an interesting one, too. Yeah. Because, you know. and again, there's probably a generation that doesn't remember that. It was no. WWF. World Wildlife Federation stepped up and yeah. said, hey, man. No way. We're not going to wrestle pandas for your amusement. <laughs> that was one of the things that was out there, too. They had pandas in the promos. They could have had their own championship belt. Mm, yeah. This week, a panda takes on a koala. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Karius is a uh, renowned sports anchor on global television. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Well, first of all, I you know I appreciate the Leafs and the Devils, but I can't believe you don't have the Yankees game on in here. Oh, I can change it. Yes, you. yeah. It was three nothing when I left playoffs. Yeah, you like the Yankees, well, don't for you? For sure. Yes, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, three nothing uh, <laughs> Yankees. Maybe <laughs> we don't have. Hey, the remote doesn't work, everybody. <laughs> it's frozen on the one channel. <laughs> Kevin, you're gonna you're gonna have to go to Lumberjacks around the corner to watch the game. Hey, God. I don't even know where the box is. It's mounted behind the TV or something. I don't know either. <laughs> this, this is, I'd be embarrassed, but this happens all the time, and not much embarrassment. No worries. You know, there I got it changed. Uh, yeah, three nothing. 
Uh, Cleveland. Game uh, five. Strasburg pitched, by the way, after all for the Nationals. Did and a bunch of things came out a little more. I mean, holy, everyone was on him earlier in the day. And then they found out that he was uh, a little bit sick and things like that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, you guys got the flu or whatever. He should be out there in a, in a deciding game or an elimination game. But, man, he was lights out and he pitched probably as well today as he's pitched in any game all season. Anyway, so you did have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, I did. Thank you very much. Yeah, we had the big turkey on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, watched the Oilers game on Saturday night, and then uh, I actually worked on Monday. So uh, it wasn't a long, long weekend, but really enjoyed uh, making the big supper on Sunday and uh, having a few people over, and it was great. Jalen and Andrew were talking about it on Friday, and I got involved when I was getting ready to come on and do Inside Sports. Are, are, do you like turkey? It's like oh, I, I like it. it, but I could if there wasn't turkey, it wouldn't freak me out. Well... Here's another, just a quick sidebar. Uh, my neighbor, Grant, he's got one of those big turkey fryers, right? Like the big ones. Oh, sweet. So what we're going to be doing for American Thanksgiving is dropping in about three or four birds all day for, like, as football starts yeah. at 10 in the morning. So we're dropping these bombs in all, like, three or four, because they take 40 minutes a bird. Like Even if it's a big bird? Well, first of all, in those turkey fryers, you can't put a bird in there probably more than about 17 or 18 pounds. Okay. Because the displacement so of oil. So those are smaller turkeys, aren't those they? Those are small. Well, 18 pound is still pretty decent turkey, but think about it. You you throw that in there for 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you're done. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you're not throwing it in the oven for three, four hours and basting it and worrying about any. And these things come out unbelievable. Uh, you'd think it would be all oily and things like mm-hmm. that, but they're 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 just fabulous when you when you you uh, throw them in the deep fryer. So, all right, so it's not a specific turkey fryer. It's a larger well, it's deep a, fryer. Think of the biggest pot you can imagine, and it's on, <laughs> a, on a, a Coleman stove, uh, you know, basically one of those uh, propane heated, uh, just, a, uh, just a burner. So that goes on there. You get it to the right temperature. Uh, th- you probably want it around three and a quarter. Okay. A little higher, a little higher at the start. Throw the bird in. It'll bubble a little bit and splash at you and spatter because of, there's a little bit of water in the skin. Then once it totally submerges, it's in there for 40, 45 minutes, depending on how many pounds it is. Yep. And you're ready to go. Oh, neat. And you guys are going to, well, how many turkeys can you eat, though? Lots. Well, you got the fryer going. Are you taking that day off? Yeah, I think. Well, I, absolutely. It's uh, it's uh, Thanksgiving in the, in the states. You got three football games in a row. Twenty third of November, isn't it? Uh, probably. Yeah. You would know better than me. I haven't looked well. that far ahead. Well, that's cool. I did. I did not realize you were doing that. All right. So you're a big you're a big turkey fan. Yeah. What else was there? Well, I didn't. Usually, I do the stuffing. But I make a very intricate stuffing. So you make it yourself? I make it myself, yeah. We're not talking stovetop here, stovetop <laughs> stuffing here. No, a real good stuffing with some sausage, and there's apple, there's uh, oh, nice. uh, a couple of prunes, there's apricots. you got to have the right kind of toasted bread. Uh, you have to have the right broth that goes in there. Uh, then your normal... You know, How many people did you did you cook for? Just four, but normally we're, we're humming along. We have some pretty big... Thanksgiving or Christmas yep. suppers at, you know, so. I think I was at, uh, I think there was 15 or 16 oh. in my family gathering this year. Yeah. yeah. It's but, always at my aunt's, Aunt Mary. And it was on Shout the, out to Aunt Mary, it was 89 on the years young. She's cooking? She did some of it. Yeah. yeah. Loves it. Was turned, it on the turned, Sunday? Turned 89 on the Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Gung-ho. Wow. I mean, other people contribute. So 15, is it like hosts. a potluck? You just bring in everything and. Uh, so, some people bring, yeah. Mm. 
What did you bring? Nothing. <laughs> this year I brought... I, I have contributed in the past. Yeah. This year I, I did not. A little tomato my mom, aspic. My mom contributed something, so I'm like, well, that's the Wilkins family contribution. Yeah, just bring in some tomato aspic. You know, just that's bring, all you need. Pota- bring a bag of potato no, chips. No, tomato aspic. Just go and find out how to make that and bring it to your next potluck supper or whatever you're having. Bring that in, you'll be the hit of the party. You know what's a hit that I have brought to places? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. You could be embarrassing me for no. a uh, Artichoke dip. Man, okay. there's a good artichoke for dip. For sure. Yeah. All right, we will talk a little bit about this. This was fun. I enjoyed our cooking with Kevin, there everybody. Do, 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 yeah. do, do, they want to start a show at Global about that, actually. With you as well, the chef? Yeah, we bring in stuff on potluck, potluck dinner Friday And your stuff's and always the best? Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Who's the but best I mean, to cook at Global? Well, Can't be Cliff Harris. No, Cliff, he'd burn water. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the open line. It is inside sports. It's not now uh, a cooking show in this hour. You can also text six thirty six thirty. We're coming right back with Kevin Carius. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty. Ched. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is 7.21 in the p.m. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Ched, want to let you know that Sunday at 1, the Edmonton Huskies are going to play Regina in a Prairie Junior Football Conference semifinal. That'll be at Clark. The Huskies just missed out on an undefeated regular season, losing 38-28 to Saskatchewan. So both they, or Saskatoon, both they and Saskatoon finished seven and one on point differential, I believe by one point. I went to that Saskatoon game. Saskatoon gets first place. I went to the first half of that game on Saturday night because oh, yeah. a good friend of mine, his son is the quarterback for the Hilltops, so I wanted to come. Oh, nice. Hadn't seen him obviously play at all at that level because this is his first year as a starter, and I uh, just kind of wanted to say. And they, the whole family, drove in to see the game too. But you no, know, it was it was a heck of a the, the heck of a ball game. I mean, uh, two. Those are two really good teams, and you know they'll be meeting up in the final. I would assume. I don't. You probably know this, Kevin, and it's this is one of those head scratching things that sometimes happens in amateur sports. But I think it's silly. Win or lose, the Huskies would have been playing Regina because Winnipeg has a. It's not a clause. They have an exemption that they don't have to travel to Alberta for a semifinal because it's too far. It's, You've heard about this? Like it's, I haven't really. I didn't think it was. I didn't think no, it it's counted real. for. <laughs> it's real. It counts, buddy. I I know this. So they already knew they would have been. So even if they would have finished first, they still would have played Regina, who is third. I got. I got to be honest. I, I never heard of that. Yeah, like it's just it's so dumb. But but the the Colts in Calgary yeah. or the Wildcats or the Huskies can go to Winnipeg. But Winnipeg either has a home game or they play one of the Saskatchewan teams or they're out. I guess. So. It's so here's a situation that could happen in the Prairie Junior Football Conference. Say the Huskies and Wildcats finished first and second. They usually right. play each other three times. So say they were both awesome and one team went seven and one and one team went six and two. Or they could both even right. go six, one and one, whatever. They only lost to each other. And then you had the uh, Toppers and Saskatoon Rams. third yeah. and Winnipeg fourth. So Winnipeg would play, get to play the third place. I'm sure, the two, someone no, would have to step in. No, that's the rule. In. Well, maybe someone would There'd step be in. No way the way it's been explained to me is that's the rule, Holy and it makes it doesn't make a lot of. No. I mean, we have, and, and then the Huskies this year had to fly to Windsor 
to play a game because now they have the interconference thing. Interconference, yes. And the Wildcats got that at home. They yeah. played Hamilton, but I assume next year they'll have to go to Taktayaktak to play a team. And that's tough. Maybe I mean, these. I mean, these teams. I mean, there's no way that they could operate without the Eskimos 50-50. I mean, I, I just can't, couldn't see it happening. Uh, I mean, they do enough other fundraisers, and I mean, the gate was pretty good. I mean, on Saturday night, I mean, there's probably you know 1500 people but there's probably 500 from uh, i shouldn't say that but maybe 300 hilltop you get fans. some saskatoon fans sure. so you know you gotta you gotta think that without that 50 50 from the eskimos ne- neither of these teams would be surviving or would be traveling much maybe they'd have that clause where they wouldn't go to winnipeg yeah they could just play the <laughs> they just keep playing each other here eight, each games. Other eight, seasons, 88 <laughs> games all year, all year long anyway i just kind of one of my random yeah. complaints that sometimes I complain about on the show. It's 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 bizarre. Well, it's, it's not it's not really fair. Very warranted. Yeah. No, you're right. Maybe if the Wildcats and Huskies were one two mm-hmm. and Winnipeg was fourth, maybe they would they would change it so they didn't get right. avoid so you didn't have the two best teams in the league playing in the in the semifinal. But yeah, I can re- I can remember that cuz my cousin played on the teams that was at 04 and 05. They won the back-to-back national titles. Okay. And he played played on those teams, and I remember one year they they were first, and they played the hmm. Wildcats in a semi, and the Wildcats were third, because the league just said, right. "Oh, cut down on travel. We'll just have the two Edmonton teams play." I was also talking in the stands with uh, my uh, buddy there about you know two Edmonton teams. It's really the only you know Calgary's got the one team could could Edmonton or should Edmonton just have one junior team? Well, that's a you know age old debate, isn't it? Yeah. But how do how do you tell one could, team? Could they, Red Deer house a team? You know, that I, I obviously the team. Well, theoretically, the team would be better if there were one. Yeah. But then you take that opportunity away from the sixty or so kids. They're and one. which team are you going to ask yeah. to hold? Exactly. I mean, they both have had proud traditions. Yes, yeah, they have. They've never really been good at the same time. That's the that only. Yeah, for the, all the twenty years I've been here, it was like the Huskies were really good when I got here. Yep. Because Mike McLean was the coach and the players just loved him and then they went in the tank for a little while and the Wildcats came on Gary Dirchick yep. kind of took over there and they had some strong seasons but you're right your argument of being 6-1-1 one and one are probably never happened because they're never the same at the same level at the same time Kevin Carries is in studio he's going to stick around his favorite team of all time the 1977 New York Yankees pardon me the 2017 New York Yankees <laughs> leading Cleveland 3-0 in the bottom of the fourth decisive game five 40 Keep years ago <laughs> JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Tuning in tonight at 7.33. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kevin Carius is with me every Wednesday when we don't have an Oilers broadcast. So we haven't seen you uh, in a while, but uh, I think we got you the rest of the month. So that'll be fun. A lot to talk about. You can text 630-630. You can call 780-496-0063. 
Kirk says, hi, Kevin and Reed. I was just in your old stomping grounds back there in the Yorkton-Melville area to <laughs> visit my brother and shoot Crane. We went to a cross-country race my niece was in. My sister-in-law said, that's Kevin Carius's niece. Well, you're famous around there. That's from Kirk. Wow. Well, Melville Yorkton. Yeah. Was he actually shooting Crane, or does that know. mean something yeah, else? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I'm worried that I'm worried there's like a, like a sandhill crane or a whooping crane that are you know the, the some of those birds were uh, kind of on the endangered species list for a while. And maybe <laughs> I hope he wasn't getting rid yeah. of a few of them. Yeah, don't everybody. <laughs> Inside Sports does not condone the hunting of endangered species. <laughs> you can call in and talk about it, I guess, but we don't condone it. It's a great rivalry, though, <laughs> Melville Yorkton. Is it? Very good. Yeah, it's just like it's like Calgary Edmonton. How far apart are they? Twenty-four miles. Oh, that's close. Yeah. Which one's bigger? Isn't Yorkton? Oh, Yorkton's bigger? way bigger. Yorkton's, Yorkton's actually a city, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Melville would be about forty-nine hundred, forty-eight hundred. Oh, okay. Yorkton would be oh eighteen, like yeah, over twenty thousand maybe by now. Right. At years and years ago, the two cities were basically about the same size, and then. A lot of people thought Melville would be a bigger city than Yorkton because the railway line ran through there, uh, like we're talking a long time ago. But then for some reason, uh, Yorkton ended up growing exponentially and just dwarfs Melville right now. Yorkton boomed. It did. So they got the Terriers. They have the Terriers. And Melville's got the Millionaires. The Millionaires, Those yeah. are great nicknames, actually. Like, we're talking about funny nicknames. Yeah. Terrier, you might not... <laughs> We'll yap at you until you submit. Oh, there's some old, like, like on that rivalry was just so bad back. You know, I, I don't know what it's been like in the last few years, but when you covered... Didn't you, know, you play you, for Melville? Yes. Uh, so I saw kind of firsthand, but even growing up, being in the old old buildings, I mean, Yorkton got a brand new arena, you know, and it was a beautiful... Agriplex, that's what they called it. And then uh, Malvo just got one a few years back too. So, I mean, they have really nice facilities. And I'm not sure exactly uh, what the rivalry is like now, but I'm sure it's quite heated uh, if it was uh, like back in the days for sure. Was it? Uh, was there like a baseball rivalry, any high school sports? Not as much as just hockey. Yeah, yeah it was mostly hockey. But, uh, you know, it, it, it just transcended in anything. Like, you know, you'd go to the barn dance. On a Saturday night, you ended up at Barn 22 in Grayson, and if there were some guys from Yorkton there, you ended up fighting them. Yeah. That's how it worked. You know, just same as guys from, you know, Esterhazy or Stockholm, those guys That's fought great. each other too. That's how it worked. Did you? Were you in a lot of fights as a youth? No, well, a couple here and there, but, yeah, just, you know, just on the receiving end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just blocking his punches yeah, exactly. with your skull. That's yeah. all. Exactly. Uh, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. Put your uh, headphones on sure. there, buddy. I want to play something for you. So Todd McClellan comes out today, and he gets asked about the the practice. Well, we started at training camp in day one, trying to remind the players how hard it is to win, and uh, part of uh, solving that that puzzle, if you will, is is work ethic. And I thought we were really outworked the other night, uh, perhaps a bit in Vancouver, but the other night we did. Uh, Tried to do a lot of things on the the easy way, and uh, today was a, a reminder that we have to get back to work. So uh, happy with the way the guys responded. Happy, excuse me. Happy with the effort that we've uh, put in today. Now it's got to carry over into tomorrow, Friday, and then the game on Saturday. That's like the elementary school teacher. We got the kids chattering off to the side. Excuse me, I'm talking. 
Yeah. He was he was totally in control of every situation today. I, I kind of looked at a few of the scrums uh, at work tonight from different camera angles because if you depending on what camera is shooting at what direction, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of see some reporters' faces in the background. Sometimes you can have a, a different angle of Todd's face, right? Yep. Depending on where. So it was kind of interesting to see the reaction of everyone. Uh, when Todd had that reaction. Yeah, well, I looked across. I was facing the direction he yelled to, and but I couldn't see everybody over there. Mm-hmm. But a very prominent Oilers player, shall we say, was yes. one of the ones he, he wanted to call to quiet down a little bit. <laughs> well, it's funny because you don't really hear anything in the background either. You know, as, if you listen all on the audio... Oh, the mics don't pick it up because they're so close up. to right. his mouth, you know, right? So yeah. that's the whole thing. You know, his ears are picking it up. Microphones aren't, so you don't really know what was said. Yeah. You know, he was totally in charge. I was saying earlier, Kevin, and, you know, I get this from doing the post-game show. Well, you got to bag skate him. you got to bag skate him. And I always say, look, I understand, but the, the bag skate of whatever, 70s, 60s, pick an era... That doesn't exist. NHL coaches don't think it's productive to hide the pucks and make guys skate laps or from line to line for an hour until they puke. They, they don't think that's productive. Yeah. There was still detailed work today. There was still strategic work. There was still positional work. There were definitely strong reminders using strong language that the puck's here and they got a guy there. We better have guys here and we better have a guy battling for that puck. There, there was definitely instruction like that. But, I mean... In the NHL, Kevin, I mean, nobody's going to go out there and, and and say, well, skate for 90 minutes, and when you throw up, we're all done. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's not productive. No, and I mean, you don't have four-day breaks very often either. You know, and one of those days is a mandatory day off. Yeah. So, you know, you look at it, you come back now, you have basically two days of preparation for Saturday night, and that's where all the detail work is going to get into. But... Uh, no matter what team it is and whatever sport, a lot of players, well, not all, every player needs a friendly reminder sometime Absolutely. about what it takes. Yeah. And that's that's just sport. That's life. That's with everything. We all need it. And it just comes across in different messages uh, in different ways by different people. McClellan also made the point, and he said this yesterday, he, he's been through this before, and that's the benefit of an experienced coach, right? I mean, he had San Jose teams that had expectations or had had, you know, they never they never won the cup. And uh, I, I, look, mm-hmm. we still have Oilers fans who do not like Todd McClellan, and I, I respect that. You can, you know, and they and they still bring up never won in San Jose. Why did he hire this guy? Why I, I don't subscribe to that, but if you want to believe it, you can believe it. Um, but there is that that advantage to saying, you know, I dealt with really good players like Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, and Joe Pavelski and saw them have off games and, and off nights and off weeks. And you start to learn what buttons need to be pushed when. That's probably a key phrase, what bu- what buttons and when. And sometimes if you press the wrong buttons, you, you could maybe lose a little bit here. Um, like I, I often wondered, like on Saturday night, when he pulls Cam Talbot, what that not only meant to Cam, but the rest of the team. What what was the message being sent? Yeah, you're trying to jumpstart the team because that is what you're trying to do. Um, 
Cam would be the first to say that the, you know the third goal was all him. Now the other couple, other two goals. Well, you know, I'm not. I don't think that they were terrible, terrible goals let in by Cam. I mean, the first one was a was a rush, and the second one, the puck comes off the skate from behind the net and bang, it's in. But what is that? What are you saying to your team by pulling your? Well, a lot of people would say you're almost your MVP from a year ago. Um, team MVP. What are you saying to your team? So I think a lot of the players were taken aback by that, and I, I don't, I, you know, no one would say that on off on the record, but I think there was a lot of guys that went, "Holy cow! I can't believe he's doing this right now." Now he would have his the, the method for his madness and the reasoning behind the decision, um, but what did what place did it put his team in, and? And now I think he's at the point right now where he's trying to grab him back uh, with what happened today. So hold on. So you, okay, so the the goal. Do you think the goalie poll was too early? Because Craig Simpson, I do criti- yeah. Oh, yeah. Craig I Simpson never criticized the goalie yeah. poll okay. on Bob's show. I don't, well, I didn't hear that, but I would have never pulled Cam. I was watching at home. I said, I think it was an early poll. Really? Okay. Yeah. So just, I mean, when you look at it. I, I understood it at know, the time. It's, you know, it's game number two. Uh, it's three one. You're, it's not like it's uh, you know he, he let in three quick goals. You're looking what thirty some seconds into the second period. Yeah. Um, and I I think honestly I think Cam was taken aback by it, and I thought that I think the team went, what's going on here? So. Got a text here. I'm reminded of the Oilers skipping a mandated day off this time last year after a 6-2 wake-up call from Buffalo. I just, I'm not trying to be argumentative, but I should clarify that. They didn't skip it. They moved it. Right. They played on a Sunday. They were going to take the Monday off, and then I think they played Tuesday, and then they were going to take the Wednesday off, and Talbot's wife was going to be induced on the on the Wednesday anyway, so... They they move the mandated day off around, on, yeah. on on short notice, and I don't think the PA almost same time big, of year though, right? Big, yep, and some big wigs with the PA I don't think liked it, but they you they didn't they, you can't take away a mandated day right. off, and just it, it's not great reading, but you can go read the CBA online if you want 220 pages of of legalese, but it is four days a month, and you can't play, you can't practice, and you can't travel unless you get in before 2 in the morning. Right. So if, if the Oilers ever came back really late from somewhere and landed at 4 in the morning and then didn't practice that day, it doesn't count as a day off because they got back so late. But right. if you land at 1, which sometimes a lot of teams, well, Western teams would get back after midnight, mm-hmm. even in, within their own conference. So just to, but that texture makes a, a good a good point. Because like, it's almost yeah. at the same time of the yeah, year. It is. And it's almost with the same type of performance against uh you know a, a similar type of team where you're not really you're saying that you're better than this team and you didn't have a good enough effort kevin put your headphones on again because i think we got a caller here we got lorraine on the line hi lorraine hi back to football i'm just wondering dexter mccoyle he was put on waivers and i'm just wondering if the eskimos were he was after him or he was claimed by the 49ers was Ab- he? About th- three or four days ago, wasn't yeah, it last week? Pretty well, right after. Yeah. Oh, never heard. Okay. And he could have. He yeah. probably would have went on the practice roster. I would assume. Yeah. Had he not been claimed. Oh. But, okay. Um, you know, good for him. He's a great football player, and. Oh yeah. Um, I think. I was hoping he would be coming back to the Eskimos. <laughs> no, no dice there. Maybe oh. someday. 
Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lorraine. Okay, thank you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kevin Carius in studio. Seven forty six. Quick timeout. Inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio. Six thirty. Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on six thirty. Chad. Tonight, here's what's happening on your out of town scoreboard. The Devils lead the Maple Leafs 5 2 with 14 minutes left. So the Leafs staring down an actual loss, Kevin Carries. Be 3 and 1, right? And the Devils are undefeated, right? So Penguins lead the Capitals 3 1. What else is new? Penguins beating the Capitals. Yeah, but that's because they saw Trump yesterday, right? You say so. I'm sure Trump will take credit for it. Oh, yeah. He's going to come out. Did you see the clip? Was it Leslie Stahl interviewing him? He Mm -hmm. he and Pence? I don't even know when it was, but she says, you know, you're not a a very humble man. And he goes, no, actually, I'm quite humble. I don't think you understand how humble I am. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's it's comedy. He gave it to Phil Kessel's sister. Well, not like to, like, about uh, being the best Kessel, eh? Did you hear that one? Oh, no, I didn't that. Hear was that. yesterday. So Phil... Yeah, I didn't watch it. Well, Phil came down, actually. That was the, the interesting part. So he said, Phil, come on down. So Phil walked all the way around and shook his hand. And that was, you know, it's not exactly a presidential kind of thing where these guys are walking around. Like Sidney Crosby didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of just stayed where he was. Kessel came down, and he was just kind of laughing and smiling and whatever. And then he left, and and Trump said that, and you're not even the best Kessel hockey player in the family. Your sister is. Nice. That's pretty good, actually. Bruins and Avalanche scoreless early. Islanders and Ducks still to come. Flames and Kings still to come. Oil Kings trailing Brandon 4-2 early in the third period. Yankees up 3-0 on Cleveland, bottom of the fifth. That's the decisive game five. Earlier today, the Nationals stay alive, 5-0 over the Cubs. So game five is going to be tomorrow. So that game was rained out yesterday, and the weather looked pretty bad today, too. And Cleveland just scored. scored. So 3-1. I think they got loaded cans, too. First and third. Uh, somebody wants to know any news on Dreisaitl or Kajula. Kajula's day-to-day undisclosed injury. Dreisaitl has a minor eye injury that should not keep him out of the next game. It was just a little swollen today. So uh, Dreisaitl's fine. Yeah. Didn't skate today, though. I wonder what, like, no one really kind of knew where it happened. Or, uh, yeah, even you, Todd said it wasn't yeah, he sure if it was a stick yeah. or a puck. I don't remember anything happening during I mean, the game. I don't either. And... Uh, if it's something maybe like a scratch on the eye, like the, just the way they were talking about like like swelling and whatever, you got to just kind of be careful, I think, more than anything. Yeah, and, you know, given the, again, given the space between, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he skates tomorrow, yeah. even by the sounds of it. Todd didn't sound uh, overly alarmed about it. Eskimos uh, in the win column. I, I totally understand Montreal's not that good, but you're going to play them eventually. So <laughs> beat the team you have to. I, I Look, I, I know where they're at. I, I think they're... They've gone from a really confident optimistic because the running back to me was was a huge, huge void for the Eskimos once White went down. And it opened up a lot of uh, passing lanes for guys like Zilstra. And I mean, boy, you think about, I think we were talking in here and you were the one that said it about Zilstra coming on even when Darrell Walker came back and saying that probably the guy that's not going to be coming on as much as Darius Bowman, and you were bang on. That's We're talking about a month ago. 
was right five weeks ago. Yep. And basically, since Darius came back in week whatever it was after missing the six games, he's kind of been non-existent uh, as far as uh, you know receptions and yardage and and being a factor in the offense. So, um, you know, there's no doubt that uh, the number one combination right now, and even Walker too. Right, you know, I mean, it's it's Zilstra and Riley as a yep. as a number one uh, go to combination. I think I, for me, Walker's been pretty good, except Monday. That might have been his toughest game as an Eskimo mm-hmm. in the two or so years and, he's been here now. You know, there were a lot of drops and stuff, and he dropped a couple yeah. and whatever. He'd be the the first to say the conditions were tough, but um, I think though Gable will open up a a little bit more, and then they they've been missing that. Yeah, because they have been too one-dimensional. And I mean, they ran that little shovel pass, which hasn't been part of the playbook for a while no. for a touchdown. So that was nice. Uh, the thing about the Eskimos is they they just cannot stop the run. I mean, they actually did okay against Harris, considering. I mean, he still had good stats, but mm-hmm. and, and here's ran the th- wild. Yeah, here's and here's the thing. I mean, I know when I look on Twitter and you know talk to buddies and stuff, and a couple of people were like, "Well, they can't tackle," and I was like, "Hold on." If you look at some of those runs against Sutton, there's no Eskimo near him mm-hmm. for seven yards. They're that's not bad arm, tackling. They're getting an arm on him, and that's it. They're not. They're, they're, they're too holes. far out of the lanes. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's not yeah. bad tackling. That's you're getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. They were, and I thought Sewell had a pretty good game again too on the interior. So what's that telling you? That there's just too many lanes that are wide open on each end. Yeah. You know, eight and six, magic number is two to get in, and you play BC. So even mm-hmm. if you lose this weekend and, and BC wins in Winnipeg, which we'll see given Winnipeg's situation, but you got a chance to knock them out and, 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 but, and keep working. Yeah, and the whole conversation now is you want the crossover, do you not? I don't know because it's nobody's ever won the two games out east, right? But the east has never been this bad. Uh, probably not. Well, last year was close. <laughs> I know. That's got to be worse <laughs> last this year. Last year was close. Oh. And then they won the Grey Cup. Kevin, yeah, thanks for stopping right. by. Uh, I guess next few, I don't think the Eskimos play a Wednesday game until no. November. So you're yeah. you're coming back. I'm here. All the time. Until I think there's an Oiler game on a Wednesday in November. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming, All right. buddy. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good show tonight. Kevin Carries from Global Television. Checking in. Thanks to our guest tonight. You heard from Tim Hunter from the Moose Jaw Warriors. They'll host the Oil Kings tomorrow. Oil Kings still trailing Brandon 4-2 with about 12 and a half minutes left in the third. Tomorrow going to be fun. We're going to have Jimmy Ralph on the show from that amazing athletic family out of Raymond, Alberta, the Ralphs. And he's a former U of A Golden Bear, now with the Toronto Argos. He'll join us tomorrow. That'll be fun. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. You can get more on the Oilers and Eskimos on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a wonderful evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.